In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks again for listening and thanks to our sponsor who makes it possible, Endris and Hauser, a global leader in process automation and measurement instrumentation. Endris and Hauser, the people for process automation. Discover more about Endris and Hauser at cx.endris.com forward slash HSE dash podcast. And you can also register for our monthly podcast giveaway there. Folks, the oil and gas industry is an essential business. We've spent a lot of time in previous recent podcasts talking about the fact that uh, so many people are working from home. But with the oil and gas industry being an essential business, there are thousands of people out there in the fields and plants and offshore and onshore rigs. And as our intro says, our commitment to you is we really do want to make sure you come home safe. And this podcast is dedicated to that. And so that's why we have today Cody Rozier, founder and CEO of the Zalimo Corporation. Cody, welcome to the podcast. And I made a, sometimes people listen to me, Cody, because they aspire to be a, a podcaster. And so you do two things. You listen to the people who are really, really good and you learn from them. And then you listen to the people who screw up all the time and you learn from them. And I'm the guy who screws up all the time. So that's why people like to listen to me make common mistakes like I've met you and spent some time with you this morning. And yet I didn't even ask, how do you pronounce your last name? You actually had it correct. So my last name is Rozier, which no one ever gets correct. And then the company name is Zalamo. So yeah. Like Alamo, only with a Z. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. Well, you know, I suppose everybody makes a mistake and they say Roger. Is that correct? I've gotten all kinds of weird stuff. (laughs) Well, having with you and knowing... Knowing what what a small Texas town you were in, I was sure it wouldn't be Roger. No, no. (laughs) No, (laughs) And since this is a worldwide podcast, you need to know we are both of us in Texas at this time. Cody actually lives in Houston, as do I, or at least in in a town nearby. Actually, that's what Cody does. Cody lives in a town nearby Houston, south of Houston. I live in a town nearby Houston, north of Houston. And Zalamo's headquarters currently are in Houston, although that's about to change. We may we may talk about that here in just a minute, because I think that's where you're calling from right now, Cody, is, is in a different location. But I never heard of you guys. But do you guys just have an impressive website? Because I really was impressed by your website. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, so, so Zalamo Corporation, kind of the name, it hadn't been around a long time. It's the accumulation of several different organizations that I've either bought or bought into, and we're, we're bringing it into a fresh new name and, and having something new to the marketplace. So we've been around a long time, but the name itself has been around since January of 18. So currently we are loosely claimed the third largest safety consulting safety type organization in the nation based on employees managed. So we actually, we've been around a while, relatively large in scope and breadth and trying to help as many people as we can day to day. And so you're involved in how many different industries? So we service 13 industries right now with with things that are going on. I think that's kind of 
brought down to, to nine last time I looked. Some of the other industries that we were just getting into have, have had some challenges through everything. And so we're still there. We're actually helping several of our clients pro bono just to get them through this time. But based on books, it shows we're back into nine industries, even though we're still servicing the other ones. Okay. So those four is oil and gas in that, are they in the nine or are they in the four? <laughs> no, they're in the nine. They're still very, very strong just because. Oh, great. Us, yeah. We, we really show companies how to increase their profitability and, and production through the utilization of safety. So we can come in and bring an entire team of safety professionals to manage compliance, write manuals, do audits, do your site audits, and actually be the director on staff and have a full team for generally half the price of what you would hire just a single safety director for. So you get an entire team of professionals every day to do case management and all of it. So it's, it's very cost effective and you get much more bang for your buck. So you're kind of like the insperity of safety as opposed to IT, huh? No, that's, that's absolutely correct. Kind of like a PEO almost in safety. We, we manage the entire gamut of everything that you need inside of your safety program. Well, something that I mentioned your website, which it is a very nice website, but it, this apparently may serve as your mission statement, but it says secure your work environment, monitor operational efficiency, and start increasing profits on job sites across the world. And, you know, if you had just said secure your work environment and monitor operational efficiency, I would have said, yeah, 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 that's that's what everybody says. But this idea that you can actually increase profits on job sites if you effectively manage your safety program, that's something that I think needs to be better understood by everyone and especially, you know, especially the people out in the field. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I absolutely agree. It's the why do we do a thing? Why are we changing a light bulb on a bucket or a ladder? Why are we? It's all those different components that fall into it. So the production and profitability piece, it comes down to there's there's three things in every organization. And it doesn't matter if it's in your HR group, in your accounting group, the guys in the field, it doesn't matter what it is. There's three pieces of every task that's done. You have the safety component, the quality component, and the actual production or the piece, the completed piece. Well, those three things can fall in any order. And a lot of times based on time and urgency, those priorities shift. So it goes back and, and you're basically saying, hey, what's the white noise? How do we take out the white noise? How do we produce a certain amount of things at a given period of time? What's going to slow us down? When you really break that down from an operational standpoint, if you forget about being a safety guy, you break that down. What are the three things that slow you down and make it cause it to take longer to do a task. Well, your safety is one. If somebody gets hurt, everything shuts down. If you are filling out a JSA on a job site or you're filling out a site safety plan and you just pencil whip it and then you can show up to the job, well, you put safety first, but you put no quality into it. So you show up on a job, you start doing the work and then somebody comes by to do an audit and they shut you down because there's no quality into that documentation. And so every time that white noise appears or those things were out of order, you begin to lose the thing in which you're trying to gain, which is production, even when it goes into your case management. So the two numbers, if you're talking about oil and gas specifically, there's, there's two numbers that are very important to any organization. That's your EMR and your TRIR, so your total recordable incident rating, your experience modification rating. When you look at those two numbers, it's based on 
safe man hours worked. And a lot of people don't realize that your office hours are included into those rates. So just because you're focusing out there in the field and you've got a hundred guys out there working inside of a plant somewhere on a, on a derrick somewhere doing something, you've got that under control, but you're not taking care of anything inside the office. You're not doing any of your training or any of that. And something happens, it still goes on those logs. So we can come in and help with that case management piece, make sure it's identified appropriately, make sure you're, you're walking through these things correctly and putting the documents in place for audits, putting all this stuff in, in gear. Because the reality is if you're a company of less than a hundred people and you have an actual recordable, you don't have the hours, the man hours to cover that up and kind of suck it up and absorb it. So that immediately throws your TRIR into a, a parameter that's outside of appropriate bounds within a lot of these facilities. So they won't even allow you to come in and bid work based on your TRIR being too high. So Okay, now you keep throwing out that phrase TRIR. Tell everybody what's TRIR. Yep, that's your total recordable incident rate. It's a number that's based on the amount of man hours worked and, and kind of injuries that were sustained or things that happened inside of a given time. And so you're reporting those things in your compliance systems like your IS Networks, your Veriforces, your Browse, all these different compliance systems they're asking about these numbers regularly. And so when the plants and these facilities set up those parameters, if you're a company, if you're a smaller organization or even a medium sized organization, if you have one or two incidents and they're not handled appropriately, they throw you over that threshold and it becomes almost impossible to even get in to do work. So in order to increase your production and profitability, it's understanding why these things are laid out the way they are and then explaining that to your team and saying, hey, Here's why we need to do these tasks, whether you agree with safety being first or not, whether it matters to you or not. Here's why we're doing it. And here's where we're here's our stance. So there's two reasons any company out there doesn't matter who they are. There's two reasons in which they have safety at the forefront of their organization because they care about the people or because they realize how much it costs when people get hurt. As a safety guy for me, I'm OK with either one, because at the end of the day, we're creating a safer environment for the people working. So. That's how you can increase production profitability and it's measurable. You know, when you decrease your TRIR and you decrease your EMR, you also decrease your insurance rates, your premiums at the end of at the end of a year. And if you can decrease those overall costs of operating, now you're more competitive in the marketplace because you can go out there and when there's a tight bid and you gotta really kind of get down and chisel away at it, you have more headroom to do that where these other companies that aren't putting these things in the appropriate order, they're not able to do that. They have these exorbitant operating costs that keep them in a higher bracket. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, another thing that's oftentimes overlooked, not only are you talking about incidents or accidents and that sort of thing, but the absenteeism that results from these incidents is a critical factor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting what you say there. I'm, I'm looking at an executive summary on a study that's entitled 2019 State of the Industry EHS Program Trends. And one of the things that they said in their introduction was they said only over half of the respondents in this study that they did confirmed that the benefits of their EHS program exceed its cost, which says to me that it's probably higher than they realize because they don't pick up on these things that, that you just mentioned, or maybe they need you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the unfortunate reality is a lot of companies, when they think of safety, they really look at it as, as a cost center. They just, just, it's just pure money going out the door. 
instead of realizing that, hey, if you appropriately apply safety, if you let your safety guy basically run point or interference in front of your organization, if you say, hey, hey, safety guy, this is where we want to be in five years. Because for us, I don't care. It really doesn't matter how you want to do a thing or the thing in which you want to do. The reality is if you called me and said, hey, Cody, moving forward every morning, I want every single one of our employees to jump out of an airplane with no parachute to get their adrenaline pumping. That's what I want them to do moving forward. The safety man should be able to confidently say, okay, no worries. I'll make sure they hit the ground safe and keep rolling because it's making sure that we understand where we want to move as a company so we can be fluid and move and be part of that operational understanding so that as you grow your organization and you want to do things for your employees, you're not just constantly saying no, 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 and you're stuck off in the corner as a, as a cost center. It's bringing in the value and saying, hey, listen, if we do this, 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 and this, I can reduce your operating costs and allow you to be more flexible in the field. Does that make sense? Well, it, it does make sense because one of the things that they pointed out in this study, they said the simple fact is, is we, we saw a, a clear delineation. There are companies with injury rates much lower than the industry average. And then there are companies with industry rates much higher than the industry average. And their absentee rates track the same way either much lower or much higher, and the actual safety violations that they receive and, you know, the black marks that you get on on your ISN net world or whatever service you're using, along with the fines and all that sort of thing, that all comes into play. And these are metrics that you can measure if you just sit down and do it, right? No, that's right. So there's two parts, and I go back to two again, but, but coverage and recordability, the documentation piece. So a lot of times the companies only, and we keep going back to operational cost, but the coverage is they'll have one guy that they'll pay, let's say $100,000 a year. They've got this one guy coming in. That one guy, his efforts only go so far. He can only do so many things and be in so many places. And you're paying him $100,000, $120,000 a year, depending on the value of the organization. So you have limited sight, limited vision of what's going on inside the organization. You can't keep up. But then the other side of that is reporting. So a lot of times there's, it's, it's compounding because that one individual, he's doing his best to keep up and cover all these pieces. So the reporting kind of goes out the window or it stays on the back burner because you're trying to be out in the field with the guys. And then also the other side of that is you have these guys that you're trying to bring in. You're paying them less money. And so they may not have the ability or the knowledge and skill set to navigate through the recording and reporting and, and what all that looks like. And so you'll see reporting and, and numbers go into some things that aren't actually accurate. I'll give you an example. We have a client that they pay, it's tier nine in one of the compliance systems because they base it on employees. Well, the guy that they had in place, he just didn't know and, and no fault of his own. He just, he just didn't know that he was, he was very overstressed and overworked and he couldn't cover everything because of their breadth across the nation. And so on his OSHA logs, he reported everybody into one and that threw them into a tier nine. But the reality was the way that OSHA stated it was they only needed a log for that specific facility, which would have had them in a tier two. And so we were able to save just coming in and changing that one thing alone, saved them $7,000 a year just in that. So it's, it's those little things where the coverage is not appropriate for one man 
And then the understanding based on cost and the person you hire, they're not good at everything. So a guy who may be great as a safety manager, you hire one person who's a great safety manager. He's not a great auditor. He's not good in the field. He can't manage IS Network. He can't manage your DISA compliance. He doesn't know those intricacies, but he is great at managing a team who knows how. And that's where a lot of these small to medium sized companies get in a crack because they're bringing these people in that are great at management, but they can't do the other components to where for us, we can literally come in at half the rate of that person and manage all of it turnkey. So there's a lot to it. And we'd be here for three days unpacking it all. But but you're right. The trends are, are accurate because of those two pieces. You're asking one person to cover more than they can. And it's a challenge. That's for sure. Well, the other thing is when you look at all of the advances in technology, this study also said uh, in their executive summary that EHS programs, and of course, this is a general industry study, EHS, and in the oil and gas industry, we turn that around and say HSE, and maybe one time we'll We'll have a podcast on that. I don't know. But EHS programs that rely on older or little technology have shown a correlation to increased absenteeism, injuries, and safety violations. However, companies that take advantage of newer technologies are better able to avoid costly workplace incidents. And these companies view newer technologies as an investment with ROI attached. But you can actually bring all these benefits because I'm sure you have the latest and greatest technology without a company having to invest in it. They can, they can take advantage of the technology you already have to accomplish all these things, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then one other thing I, I, I have to ask about, because, you know, I, guys like me think this kind of stuff is cool. But, you know, on your website with that mission statement that I was talking about, that's almost front and center just to the left. But then just above that on the right-hand side, there's a picture of this cool-looking drone. What, what's that all about? So we have a drone division. The drone division services two different types of work activities throughout the, the several industries we serve. But sticking to the safety side of it, there are a lot of safety things that we do uh, with the drones, including one of the neatest things. A company said, hey, we have guys running supplies up and down to the seventh story of the structure. Can you lift it with a drone? And I said, well, of course we can. So we literally started flying gaskets and things up to the seventh floor. And we had a guy on standby for the day and he literally just ran the drone flying supplies up. So they weren't having to pull them up with a rope. Now, some of your bigger items, you know, we would lift up in a skid, skid pan, but even to, there was one facility where we started spraying weeds with a drone for them because they had a guy roll his ankle on a steep incline. So we brought the drone in and just started spraying weeds with the drone. And with the drone world, I tell people this all the time, and as plain and straightforward as it is, they still have a hard time grasping it. But The limitations of a drone are literally based solely on the limitations of your imagination. We have drones that fit in the palm of your hand. We have drones that are almost outside or outside of line of sight based on some certs and things that we have. But then also going in and doing meter readings and, and inspections inside of tanks. We're one of the very few companies in the nation that have class one, div one, class one, div two drones. So we can go do tank ring inspections. There's just all kinds of things we can do with drones that there's a lot of the companies that, that just can't yet, you know, as things progress, the cost of this equipment will get 
much and much more affordable. But right now, there's just tons of things we can do that others can't. We have one drone that we actually flew through the middle of a pipe. It was one of the smaller ones that fit in the palm of your hand. And so there's different activities that we can pull away from the human factor. You still have to have the humans involved so it doesn't take away from their job because they still need to be there to oversee the videos and oversee the thermal readings and the thermal imaging and the 3D mapping and topography readings and all these different things where it's pulling people out of the swamps, pulling people out of these different pipeline right-of-ways and all. But, but again, you still have to have the people to view the footage. So you're not getting rid of jobs. You're just getting rid of the hazard. So we, we really like that. Well, I'm glad I asked that question. That's very good to know. Cody, we, we really appreciate you coming on and talking about this. We're going to put your website up on the show notes, which is, which is Zalamo.com. Is that correct? That is correct. And before we cut, I'd like to share one thing about our company that is the single most important thing. If anybody learns or hears anything from our organization, this would actually be the only thing I, I care about them taking away. Well, go ahead. So we have five very, very important pieces of our organization. There are five core and key things. There's two reasons why we're in business. And I think everybody needs to know this. And there's three ways in which we do those two things every day. The two reasons that we exist as a company is number one, to feed the church. That's literally our only reason for existence. I tell you all the time, we're not in business to make money. There is a cost associated with doing business. That's true. But we don't look at we don't look at that. It doesn't matter to me. And the 200 and plus employees that we have every day, I tell them all the time, it's how do we feed the church? We actually take 10 percent of everything that comes in our organization and we pay tithes first. So the eight locations we have in the U.S., we pay tithes to the local churches in that area to the extent where there's actually a church in the Beaumont, Port Arthur area that, from my understanding, our tithe checks to them is the only reason they're able to keep the doors open right now through this pandemic because people aren't coming in. So that is a huge piece of our, our company is feeding the church. Second is change the way business is done. You don't have to lie, steal, plunder, pillage. I mean, just just be a man, do your job, let your yeses be yeses, your noes be noes, and, and move on. Just do the right thing. And we do those two things by doing three things every day. And I'm very proud of these, my HR group and everybody that says, Cody, you're going to get sued one day for saying this. But <laughs> I tell them, bring it on. I don't care. But our number one core value in the three things and how we do those two is God first. Everybody in our team, if that's not their first thing when they wake up and brush their teeth praying, they're just not going to be a great fit. They're not going to last very long in our organization. So it's, it's God first. Second is constantly find opportunities and ways to build the five levels of trust with every client that we have. I'm not a smart guy, but I do know this. If you're human, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to forget things and things will happen outside of your control. You may have stopped at the red light and everything be great and then you get rear-ended. So it doesn't have to be your fault to be your problem. It's how you handle those things in which make things different. And so for us, we try to have those conversations up front and our clients know, hey, something went south. Let me go and find out what happened. And it's always, hey, how are we going to make this right? Not, oh, you guys messed up. Something happened. You know, I, I don't believe in that adage that one all poop messes up a hundred attaboys because you're going to have that moment. It's just, it's in, inevitable. It's how you handle it that matters. And then number three is always go the extra mile. Growing up, one of the things my grandfather always told me, he said, if you borrow a man's truck, you better take it back washed and full of fuel. And we believe in that. Just if you're, if we go to an event, we need to be the last ones there helping clean up and, and being part of changing the culture of business, which is number two, change the way business is done. And if we can do that, 
it increases our exposure, which is in, increases our income, which increases the churches and areas in which we can feed. And for us, it's not about business. It's about our mission field. And that's just, a, just the, way in, in the way we do it. Well, that's certainly refreshing to hear. That will come as a surprise to a lot of our listeners, but I hope it's a pleasant surprise. You mentioned your offices in the United States. You have offices outside of the U.S. also, don't you? Yeah, that's correct. We have an office in Edinburgh, Scotland. We're in the process right now. It's probably 12 to 16 months out, I guess. We're opening up in Perth, Australia, and we're moving into Switzerland. But right now, we we have an operating location in Edinburgh, Scotland. Okay. So it's Zalamo, which is Z-A-L-E-M-O. It's Zalamo.com. We'll put your LinkedIn URL in the show notes so people can contact you. And as we, again, thank everyone for listening in and, again, thank our sponsor, Anderson Hauser. You guys have a relationship with Anderson Hauser, too, don't you? Yeah, we do. They're they're a great group to work with. We absolutely have a, a relationship with them. Uh, Todd Lucy and those guys, they're a, they're a great group. Well, that speaks well for our sponsor and it speaks well for our guest today. So again, thank you for tuning in. Please tune in again next week. This is Anderson Hauser's Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Anderson Hauser is your reliable U.S.-based partner for measurement, instrumentation, services, and solutions. We are your people for process automation. You can follow us on LinkedIn at, at Anderson Hauser Group and on Twitter at Endris underscore US. Again, check us out at cx.endris.com forward slash HSC dash podcast. There you can register for our monthly podcast giveaway, and it's a really nice giveaway. We'll put all this in the show notes. You might also want to check out some of our other OGGN podcasts like Oil and Gas This Week podcast, which is the number one oil and gas podcast on the planet. Also, oil and gas industry leaders and many others. If you'd like to get your company in front of our professional audience, please contact our producer, Savannah Wilson, at OGGN.com. Finally, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends about us. See you next time. Hey, everybody, Alex here with the events on deck. So, due to current circumstances, of course, we are not able to have any in person events. So, I have nothing of that nature to update you guys on, but we have been hosting some virtual events. So, OGGN is wanting to offer free webinars, live happy hours, etc., during this time. Since these events are not scheduled out as far in advance as in-person events, we would like to keep you guys updated via Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So be sure to keep checking up on that and we'll keep you guys posted on anything we're offering. It has been free. We want to offer you guys value during this time that we're all at home. So please continue checking in and joining us for these virtual events. We are looking forward to seeing you guys whenever we're able to have in-person events and hope you're staying safe and sound. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.